0: What up world? It's your past first point guard. Trailblaze reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. We're over our goal of a thousand subscribers by Halloween, now we gotta set a new goal. How about two thousand by Soon. Help, help me get there soon. I haven't picked an arbitrary date yet, like Halloween, but we'll pick one. Help me get to 2,000 subscribers. We're pushing in that direction. Go to YouTube right now. If you're listening to the show and you haven't subscribed, go to YouTube right now. Search Locked on Blazers and subscribe to the show. I would really, really appreciate it. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the investigations into Blazers president of basketball operations, Neil Olshe. Uh, his his tenure there is um, is pr- potentially coming to an end based on his uh, his conduct as as the man running the show with the Blazers. We're gonna we're gonna start talking about that. The absolutely the biggest news of the day happened with the Trailblazers. They also won two basketball games at home. They beat the Pacers. Beat the Lakers. We'll talk about both of those wins. And now they're five and five through ten games. Let's talk about where they stand. Some stats to know. Ten games into the season. But let's start with the Neil Olshay news. It's, um, it just follows a run of just bad stuff happening. This, this franchise has just had a lot of drama around it since the moment the playoffs ended, um, in Denver last, uh, early, I guess late spring, early summer. Um, the the drama just hasn't stopped. Um, they they kind of you know they fire their head coach. They kind of um, had a sloppy hiring. They had a terrible introductory press conference for Chauncey Billups where they just it would, they just handled it terribly. Um, they a coach got fired. A coach got let go after being indicted in federal charges. Uh, Damian Lillard asked um, maybe reconsidered his place within the organization for the first time in his career. And now we get ten games into the season. And Neil Olshay is the the franchise and owner, uh, Jody Allen, own, own, rep- whatever, uh, Governor Jody Allen, I guess is what they call people who own basketball teams now, um, are investigating a hostile work environment. Uh, Within the Blazers under Neil Olshay because staff members have say they have been subjected to intimidation and a bunch of, uh, you know, profanity-laced tirades and just um, general sort of hostile and abusive um, bullying in in the workplace under... um, under Neil Olshay so here's here's kind of what we know right now I'm recording this late on a Saturday evening um into Sunday early Sunday morning after the Blazers beat the Lakers so um if by the time you listen to this if more comes out uh we will talk about that then but this is what we know as of right now uh, basically midnight on on November 7th um the Blazers are have hired an outside firm. O. Melviny and Myers to investigate a claim by some non basketball personnel. So like not, not people who not like players on the team, but like people within the organization it was first reported by the athletic. And then later um, more information came out from Yahoo sports, uh, Chris Haynes of Yahoo sports and Jason quick, of the athletic, along with Sean Strani of the athletic, uh, according to Haynes, employees were being interviewed uh beginning this week so um this this sort of has started to come about this week and it is ongoing um it it's you know it it's basically just about the the we don't know the details i think that's that's one thing that that's clear from the reporting is that it's mostly just like the 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 vague but but Quite frankly, believable um, idea that there's a hostile work environment, um, and that it, Neil Olshey is just a it just not has fostered an, a, a very toxic workspace. Um, and and the Blazers are um, um, investigating that. It seems, based on reporting from the Athletic, although the, I um, I'll I'll just. They weren't super clear on this that it would maybe spawn, it maybe started with one employee and then has since that the investigation has clued, has started many, but it's not clear sort of what spawned if there was an inciting incident or this was like you know ten years in the making. Um, from Haines's reporting, it sounds like this has been ongoing for a long time, but then it's it's like. The why now, we don't really know, but hostile work environment, bullying, um, just sort of a, a toxic place to go to work every day under Neil Olshay's reign, and the Blazers have hired an outside firm to investigate their own people to figure out sort of what steps will need to be take. Part of this stems from the way Neil Olshay handled the death of video coordinator Zach Cooper, who passed away in April 2020 from, uh, it was there weren't a lot of details about his death other than it was like a non COVID death. And it was, it was uh, very sudden. And some of the, some of the sort of, it seems maybe the inciting incident was, or, or the beginning of this sort of getting rolling was the way Neil Olshay handled, um, inappropriately handled the passing of, of video coordinator, Zach Cooper, someone who was around the team a bunch, like, you know, was a, was a on the court working guys out all the time. Um, Prior to the shutdown in 2020, prior to the hiatus in 2020, um, you know, he passed after the league shuts down and and it seems the way that was handled within the organization um, upset some people. But, so that's kind of what we know. Um, it's vague, uh, admittedly. Um, but it's, like I said, it's, it's quite frankly not like this isn't super shocking because you don't need an investigation to know that Neil Olshay can be an asshole. Um, it's you know if you if you pay attention to this team if you follow them closely it's you've seen his public persona in in um in Press conferences. He's prickly, and he can get, he can take the smallest little thing and turn it into a beef, and 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 um and be hostile with reporters. Um, in fact, this summer when he just needed to turn it down to six or whatever, he every press conference he was just um defensive and combative, and uh, particularly prior to the uh, Chauncey Billups um, introduction, the first the press conference, you know, announcing um. This sort of the po- the first postseason press conference of the summer when he was innocuously asked, like, "Is your you know we fired Terry Stotts? D- do you believe your job is safe?" And he was like, the the 29th rating in defense wasn't a product of was, was not a product of the roster when he just, he just threw Terry shots under the bus for no reason. It was just a sloppy, it was just a sloppy thing. He just needed to turn it down in that situation when he desperately needed to be sort of the, like a reasonable face of the franchise, he couldn't do it because that's who he is. You've seen him. Um, quite frankly, you know, I've covered the team, um, in various capacities for, for six seasons. Um, you know, I was a beat reporter traveling around for, for four and a half of those or four of those. Um, it's, I, I'm not going to share sort of my personal anecdotes, but I will say, um, uh, yeah, I have, I have felt the wrath of Neil Olshay both for, for things where I've screwed up and I'm expecting him to be mad and also petty little things where you, um, where you kind of get um yelled at or cussed at and you're like, oh, I, who would have known that this would have upset you type of thing. Um, he's just, you don't need it. If you, if you paid attention to the way he conducts himself in public spaces, it, it, it tracks that he's a jerk, um, or, or is capable of being a jerk. I think it's maybe, maybe a fair, like a fair way to say that. Um, cause I don't know broadly speaking what he's like in his private life, but like in, in, in the public, in the public spaces, even when he's needed to not be, um, not be so combative, he can't, he, he is turned, he is always turned up to 11 and like the scale might be one to four. Um, in addition, and I think this is a big one, You do not need to launch an internal investigation to fire someone. There is no need to do that. If you want to fire someone for being a jerk and having and um, creating a hostile work environment and a toxic employment culture um, and, and, and bullying people and, and, and it's sort of the things that were alleged, you just fire them. You fire them immediately. You just you say you are no longer needed here. You fire them. That's it. You don't have to there's nothing special that you have to do. You can just fire them. The reason this investigation is being launched, and this is, this is very clear to me, and I want to make it clear to you is because this is the way the Blazers don't have to pay Neil Olshey the rest of his money. He's under contract through the end of the 2020-23 24 season. If they fire him, they got to pay him to leave. If they if if he's fired with cause for creating this toxic environment, they don't have to pay him or they can get out from under the money. You don't need to launch an investigation to fire someone. Rich Joe got fired for being a nerd. <laughs> like too nerdy to work with. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad that I don't get fired for being too nerdy to work with. Um, but like... It- this is happening for a reason, and it is a there is a financial motivation behind this. Because if if this is, um, if this was something that the Blazers were worried about, and and uh, an employee comes forward, and then multiple employees corroborate this sort of feeling, then you get or you know corroborate this reporting, corroborate you know this environment. It's it's or the facts that created this environment. It's like and you, and you want to you have you have it right there in front of you you launch this investigation so you can say here's the finding here's you know here's what our here's what our sort of legal team uncovered and here's why you're being let go without pay this is that that is what is at play here i'll say this i do not know what the outcome is going to be here because um like if the investigation finds that maybe it's not enough cause to get out from under the money or whatever maybe you you try to make this go away here's what i know i bet we never hear from neil olshay in public ever again ever again i bet they don't put him in front of a microphone ever again if he wasn't capable of doing in sort of an um um times where he wasn't personally under uh, under fire and then he was slightly under fire and wasn't capable of kind of being prepared and dialing it back in introducing chauncey billups when he knew what the line of questioning was going to be and he could just kind of like have some canned responses say nothing professionally that's the job they wouldn't be satisfying answers but they wouldn't be combative aggressive answers right like if he wasn't capable of dialing turning down the heat then there is no way in hell when it specifically is about how ornery he can be and how um, how his temper, you know, comes out in the workplace among his co-workers and subordinates. There is just no way he ever, he's no way we ever hear from him in front of a microphone again. I would be stunned if we ever do. Um, what that means, I don't know, but I... General managers or president of basketball operations, whatever, the front office people are under no obligation to speak to the media under the collective bargaining agreement. I guarantee we will never hear from Neil again. Not guarantee. I am, I am guessing with a great deal of confidence. I don't want to go full Charles Barkley and say guarantee and then be super wrong. Like I am guessing um, based on sort of what I know um, th- that we never hear from Neil again. We might hear from him through sources. We might hear from him, you know, on background somewhere. We might even hear him quoted directly from someone in the media. Um, but he's never getting a microphone with a trailblazers, uh, the Trailblazers flag on it ever again. It's, it just it isn't going to happen. So that is the state of the Blazers. Boy, it's messy there couldn't they just play couldn't we, there just be like on, on court stuff like we, we could just be worrying about Damian Lillard shooting a little bit but this has been who they've been for a few months as they're a little bit messy but they're also winning some basketball games let's talk about a couple winning basketball games uh we, we kind of know what's going on with Neil and obviously a check back that the space. We'll update it with what happens. Um, if it comes out on Sunday, I guess I'll just record another little emergency podcast updating us. But for now, this is what we know about Neil O'Shea. And I imagine we'll get a resolution within the coming week. Uh, in the second segment, Blazers beat the Pacers on Friday night. They came back on Saturday night and beat some of the Lakers, but they beat some of the Lakers real, real bad. So let's talk about those two wins in the second segment. But before we do that, let's talk about prize picks. It's the best, NBA DFS prop game on the market offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all your superstar players as well as bench players that are only recording a handful of minutes each game you want to bet on Greg Brown's over under field goal attempts you can do that on prize picks Uh, they're offering you know props on almost anything you can think of. So three point attempts, total points, total minutes, um, steals, blocks in a game, whatever it is. So you can, uh, here's how it works. You go and you pick two to five players and you pick an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on each entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing in a big field. You're not playing head to head with anyone else. You're not playing with professional betters. You, you see the, you see the projected numbers, you pick the over under, and then you win. So Listen, and you can get your money quick, it's safe, and you got fast withdrawals. So if you want to do this, don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or download their award-winning app. And when you do so, make sure you put in the promo code NBA and you will get a 100% instant match on a deposit up to $100. You put in $100 with that promo code NBA, you get 200 bucks to use on prizepicks. So why don't you go there now, like I said, prizepicks.com, or download their app in the app store. It's prizepicks, daily fantasy made easy. Today's show is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. And y'all know the deal. Sometimes if you're trying to swap between live sports and then your favorite television shows and then a movie you're hanging out on the couch all evening that means you're switching remotes you're switching devices you're switch, you're juggling logins all of all of the hassle that you don't need so here's a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without that hassle and it's a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv stream it brings you live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more of juggling remotes no buying new devices. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right. So we talked Neil Olshay and the investigation Underway with the Portland Trail Blazers, just a just a messy time there um, in Pinwheel Land, or as uh, as some have called it, at one center of court, twenty-two Drexler Drive. If we want to get, uh, if you want to drive to maybe the backside of the arena, um, <laughs> and you're really into Google Maps, but the Blazers playing basketball games. Um, you know, before the game, myself and other reporters who were who were in the in the room asked John C. Phillips kind of like you know, has this been, what's going on? Like your reaction to it? And he's like, I I just like, this is, you know, I have a relationship with Neil and I haven't really seen this, but he also is just like, I don't know any more than what I've read. And there's nothing, like, I'm going to talk to my guys about it, but, but it's, it's, all it is right now is a distraction. And I am so new to this sort of coaching thing that I can't like, I got to, I got to zero in on these games because like, I'm, I'm trying to learn this job and and guide a really good basketball team, which was kind of like, um, a, a professional way to say nothing. The type of like saying nothing in a press conference that Neil O'Shea could learn from, um, maybe not satisfying responses from Chauncey Billups. Um, I'll tell you there were some media members who maybe aren't typically at Blazer games. Who are probably pretty frustrated with the nothing that they got from Chauncey Billups, but, um, sometimes that's what you get. And maybe, maybe media pros could teach you how to say nothing, not satisfying for people who want compelling answers. I totally get that. But, um, you know, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta wiggle out of it, um, particularly if you aren't the one. Um, if if sort of the the onus to to own up to mistakes isn't on you. So, uh, Chauncey Billups focusing on the game. He's now got his team with two straight wins, wins over the Pacers and the Lakers. Uh, let's talk about those two games. But first, let's do the fastest recap in the West. The first ever fastest recap in the West. It's going to be two games at once on Friday night. The Portland Trail Blazers beat the Indiana Pacers 110-106. They opened the game on a 17-4 run, were poised to blow out a Pacers team, and yet the middle two quarters were a nightmare. The Blazers fell behind by as many as nine points in the fourth quarter as that 13-point first quarter lead totally evaporated, but they stormed back, closing the game on an 18-5 run to win 110-106. Damian Lord struggled against the Pacers. Capital S and like 22 G's in that word. He was 2 for 13 from the floor. 0 of 6 from 3. Matched his career low with just 4 points. He did have 11 assists. Like he played an okay floor game, but he was getting locked up by TJ McConnell. He was TJ McConnell put the clamps on Dame who looked like he was playing through mud. Um, this was the, this was the game against the Pacers where it just seemed like, um, while Dame is not on the injury report and has vehemently denied his physical limitations, it is clear that he is limited in somewhat physically and the physical limitations mixed with him pressing a little bit to try to get untracked and become the shooter that he knows he can be just led to a horrific shooting night 0 of six from three again, four points. But luckily the Blazers were bailed out by Robert Covington who hit five, three pointers, including a clincher. Uh, just right at the top of the key three with 14.7 seconds left to put the Blazers up four and help them hold on. CJ McCollum in that game had 27. Norman Powell had 25. And Anthony Simons came off the bench 16 points and hit four three-pointers. And just awesome game from three guards, none of whom were Damian Lowe, the Blazers' fourth-best guard on the night. But the Blazers win 110-106. Uh, that looked like it was going to be a troubling and bad loss. Um, the Blazers um, h- had a little trouble slowing down uh, TJ McConnell. They had a little trouble cracking the Pacers' zone. And then all of a sudden, it's an impressive win. And, and, and big shot Robert, large shot Bob Covington. It's five threes and 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 two big ones in the fourth quarter to keep the Blazers um put the Blazers back in the win column. And then they had to come back the next night and play the Los Angeles Lakers. No LeBron James in this one. Anthony Davis was a game time decision with a thumb injury. He warmed up, had a had a brace on his on his thumb, and played seven minutes and then left with um a stomach bug. Basically, uh, after the game, Frank Vogel said he had been throwing up a bunch prior to the game. He threw up, he vomited four times prior to tip-off. He thought maybe he could play and kind of um, get over it. He was not. Played seven minutes, never came back, left the bench, and and did not return. And the Blazers did not feel bad for the uh, visitors wearing forum blue and gold. Um, 36-14 after one just an just a walloping from the beginning. Damian Lord scored or assisted on 6 of the first 7 buckets. Had 10 points in the first quarter and it was like, "Oh, he looks okay." You know, hit a couple jumpers like clean, smooth, ripped the net type jumpers that kind of looked like Dame. Middle quarters, he, he he didn't shoot. Um he he wasn't perfect from the field. I thought he missed some miss some uh makeable shots and kind of got stuck in in, in the middle of the lane a couple times on drives, but the Blazers were just shellacking the Lakers, so it didn't really matter. There's no reason to nitpick. Blazers led by 15 at halftime after a kind of a bad close to the second quarter, but absolutely ended all doubt with a 42-point third quarter that saw them push their lead to as many as 34. The fourth quarter was entirely meaningless. Twelve full minutes of garbage time. Um Dame led all scores with 25, 9 of 19, and 6 of 14 from three. A little more on his game in a moment. Russell Westbrook had one of the worst performances I've ever seen from uh, someone who's going to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, He was, uh, he had eight points and six turnovers. He was one of 13 from the floor, but one of 13 doesn't, like, that box score does not do justice how bad Russ was in this game. Um, he shot an air ball like four feet right and two and a half feet short. It missed by like seven total feet, just um, not even triangulated near the rim whatsoever. He was smoking layups. He was throwing the ball out of bounds. He was just awful. Like so, so bad. Uh, and it's like, you know, no, no LeBron, no AD. And this could be, you know, AD sounds like his thumb's okay. Um, but like the, the Lakers just look so bad. I cannot, I cannot stress enough. Um, satisfying win for the Blazers because they just beat the snot out of a team, did not play with their food. You know, it kind of looks like at the end of the second quarter, um, that it was that they were going to kind of, you know they've they've had some trouble against the pacers. they kind of did the same thing. They just melted down at the end of the first and gave up some points and then melted down at the end of the half and gave up gave up the lead. And, um, you know, just like gave you know final two minutes of each quarter just kind of give away the game. They did not do that. They, you know, held on to that fifteen point lead and then just just. Boat race, the Lakers in the third quarter. Ball game. Uh, A little, a little, so that's your fastest recap in the West. A little bit slower this time because we had two games. This is your normalist recap in the West. But, um, Blazers are now 4-1 at home, 0-4 on the road, heading into a long road trip, which begins Tuesday, uh, against the Clippers, and then back-to-back in Phoenix Sunday against, or Wednesday against the Suns, Sunday, uh, Wednesday against Suns, Friday in Houston against the Rockets, Sunday in Denver, that's the first of a back-to-back on the road in Denver, they come back Monday. Well, welcome home. They play the Toronto Raptors on the second night of a back-to-back. Just a brutal November schedule where it includes six back-to-backs. Oof. Um, but uh, Damon Lowe kind of got his groove back. And then at the end of the third quarter, I don't know, got his groove back. He he looked more like himself in this game, 6 of 14. I think if you watched it closely, he still did not look like himself. I. Uh, he, he's not quite there, but this was just box score. If you're box score scouting um, this, this smelled a little more like, uh, like a, a Damian Lord game. And, and he, and his, you know, six 14 from three is, is a good shooting night. It's that that's, that's, you know, he, he would be happy with going six um, 14 every night. And I think that's a actually kind of a reasonable number of threes for him to take in the run of play as well. Um, he can really shoot it. You can go ahead and get him up, but an anecdote that I think kind of like shows where the Blazers are at. Uh, in the middle of the third quarter, uh, Damon Lord was dribbling up the left side of the court and shot like a 40 footer from the, from like uh, the coach's box that hit the back rim and came off strong. And after the game, I asked Chauncey Billups like, so what, what are you thinking when your point guard takes a 40 footer? And Chauncey Billups said, I love it. I told him to shoot it. And he admitted that he didn't tell him to shoot it from, to quote Chauncey Billups, 40, no 40 feet. Um, that was a little surprising, but he wanted him to shoot it. He wanted him to go down and just go and you know, go ahead and get your shots. And I think if you watch um, the final four and a half minutes of that third quarter, Damon Lode was was getting up practice shots. He was trying to find the rhythm. He was no longer playing a, a, a basketball game. He was practicing. He was trying to dial in his range. He's been off all year long. It's the worst, um, you know, the worst stretch of shooting probably of his career to, to begin this season. He's particularly been, you know, below 25% off um, pull up threes when he's like near, he was near 40% last year on pull up three pointers. Like he's, um, he was elite at it. One of the greats in the game at shooting deep threes off the dribble. And he just, he can't make any threes off the dribble this year. He's shooting, let, you know, making less than a quarter of them. And I think Chauncey Billups knowing that was just like, go get yourself some shots, go hunt some shots and just, you know, launch away from three. We're beaten. We're beating the the snot out of this team. They have. They cannot handle us. And the game's over. They quit. I, you know, Anthony Davis saw his team down by 20 and had a tummy ache. He had to go home. He might actually be sick. But I had to get these jokes off. Um. So I, I like that from Billups. This is this is kind of what you want from him. A guy who recognizes what it's like to be a player and says, "Screw playing the right way. Go get yourself. We need you to be you. Go get yourself some points." Um. I thought that was notable and I don't know if Dame's like snapped out of it or whatever you know he had five threes last Friday and and then had a horrific week away from home and uh, now you know Saturday night is over over 6 Friday night against the Pacers if you had if we had just had a different recording schedule I'd be like deeply worried about Damian Lord in fact after that Pacers game I asked Chauncey are you worried about Damian he said no I said why not I said why would I be he's a, you know he's a dude in his prime one of the best shooters in the game one of the best players in the league I'm not worried about him and I thought to myself well I'm a little worried about him straight up um and then you know comes out and hits six three shoots you know above 40 percent from three and you're like okay well he's you know he's still pretty good he can this was this was a step in the right direction he needs several steps for us to not be on sort of dame dame watch for literally for to like you know when he made it, uh, his, his first jumper in the first quarter it you know and it sounded nice and looked clean it was just like it just ripped through it's like okay. Like that was notable how clean it was coming off his hand. I actually watched him warm up today. I hadn't, I hadn't been, I don't know, maybe he, he works out while I'm doing pregame media, but like I hadn't, I hadn't had the opportunity to like watch Dame get um, his pregame shots up. And, He was not, I have seen him shoot way better in warmups than he was shooting tonight. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, some bad misses, just like, and and NBA dudes, when they shoot unguarded practice threes, like Dame shoots like 80%. Um, So, you know, when he's shooting poorly, he's shooting seventy something percent like it's 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 he's still ripping through the nets these dudes are very talented but um i was like that wasn't that wasn't sort of the dame shooting displays i've just like casually watched throughout my um years around the team and been like damn god what a pleasure it is to watch this dude warm up um but i kind of made a point of i wanted to see it today to see if like in in practice time, he was, he was struggling. He, he wasn't, um, like I said, he wasn't as, as wild as I've seen him, but it wasn't like notably. He wasn't just like so notably off the mark. Uh, the only notable thing is he didn't finish his workout with a dunk. Um, he used to do that, but I haven't seen him, um, you know, through COVID and, and the beginning of this season, I basically haven't seen him, uh, get through a pregame up in two years. So maybe in the last two years, he doesn't, he doesn't finish his, uh, workouts with dunks anymore. But, you know, I think, uh I think there is something physically bothering Dame. Like he's admitted the, he against the Cavs. He, he, that abdominal thing that he deals with at the beginning of every season and flared up uh, the Olympics was bothering him again. And I, I just think um, he's, you can watch him and he doesn't have um, some of the explosion that he's had. I'm, I'm not going to do some like biomechanic shit and like, tell you what Dame needs to do. Uh, I'm sure you can find that somewhere else, but like, You could just watch him and know that he's not right. I think that's, that's, I'm willing to say that. Um, But he looked better in this game. And I liked that end of the third quarter where his coach said, go get yourself a rhythm. I think that's, that's good stuff. So that's, we're two games in, or we're two, you know, Five Blazers are five and five after a two-game winning streak. Is what I'm trying to say here. Um, A really frustrating road trip, and now they go back on the road. But what I want to do to close the show is talk about we're ten games. They're ten games in five and five. Kind of numbers to know from the Blazers' first ten games of the season. That's what we'll do in the third segment. But first, let me tell you about Bell Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar that there is. And listen, if you if you are um, living in the United States of America, you know it's that time of year when we Americans, um, go heavy on the calories, heavy on the sweets. Um, you know, we're heading into Thanksgiving and then the winter holidays and all of the things that come with, um, the winter holidays and, and work parties and your friends getting together. And there's just, a there's a lot of time to eat sweets. So what if I told you this one slice of pie pushing up towards 300 calories, but if you need something sweet that will get your fix, in between pieces of pie or instead a piece of pie, why not grab a built Bar? Most of them are only 130 calories with 4 grams of sugar, packed with plenty of protein, 17 to 18 grams per bar. So, why not replace the coconut cream pie with the coconut bill bar or a raspberry bill bar instead of that raspberry key lime pie that my wife makes it might be cranberry it might be cranberry key lime pie it might be but still re- replace it with that raspberry bill bar it's low calorie low carb low fat high protein it's covered in 100% chocolate it'll meet your it'll meet your sweet fix without loading you up with empty calories um, so grab a built bar, whether that's, uh, whether you're doing it around the holidays or just leading up to them to make sure that you're, uh, um, you know, not, not loading up on, on wild calories, but still getting yourself a treat. Plus there's going to be new surprises all month long. So make sure you are checking built.com regularly to see the limited flavors that are arriving. Uh, listen, built bar is built bar is money. So just go get yourself some. Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Lasers talked about the investigations into Neal Olshays the work environment he has created within the Trail Blazers. We talked about their two wins over the Pacers and the Lakers and and Damian kind of finding a rhythm after a slow start. But now we are 5 games in. Or we're actually 10 games in, twice 5. Blazers are 5 and 5. 5 wins at home or excuse me, 5 and 5. They're 4 and 1 at home, 0 and 4 on the road. But what I want to what I want to talk about here is the numbers to know 10 games into the season and and quite frankly all I maybe I, I mess up a lot of numbers in the lead into this, so I maybe I didn't give you give you a lot of reasons to trust me reading numbers off my notes. But I'm gonna nail them here. I'm gonna nail them here. The Blazers are five and five. I know that one, and they've played ten games. Uh, but here's the numbers to know. I think kind of. Um, what we've wanted to see from this team is a step forward on on defense while maintaining their their level as an elite offense. Last year they were second in offense uh, by the end of the season and 29th in defense. So they were they were second in offense and second to last in defense. They were just they were um, they were really good on one end and really really bad on the other. And the idea is that they still have all their offensive weapons and they can maintain their level of of offensive dominance and take real steps forward on defense. So where are they through 10 games in the season? According to cleaning the glass.com, my preferred uh, website, a stat site for this because clean the glass does not uh, include, um, it doesn't include uh, garbage time. So it weeds out kind of the meaningless minutes. Like ten, the fourth quarter against the Lakers tonight will not be included in net rating. So it's just the, in during the competitive portions of the game, where do you rank? The Blazers are, are seventh overall in offense. That's points per possession. Uh, they're seventh in the league in points per possession. Uh, th- I think that's a good space to be considering how bad Dame's been on offense. They're still a top 10 offense when their best offensive player hasn't been very good. If Dame gets rolling, this team jumps into the top five, no problem. Uh, you know. I think Roko getting hot the last uh, three games, like looking like himself over the last three games. Norman Powell just has been solid as hell. CJ McCollum after some down, kind of slumping along with Dame has looked a little bit better. And Anthony Simons is just an awesome offensive player and has stepped into a larger role as an awesome offensive player, quite frankly. Um, Cody Zeller, an efficient enough offensive player, even though it's not... um, you know, he's, he's he's not big volume guy, but he, he, he helps. And Yusuf Nurkic, who's been up and down, has been kind of about what he's been for his career. And when you put all those parts together, the Blazers are still the seventh best offense in the league through 10 games, despite Damon Lord, one of the great offensive forces, playing like... I don't know. Like the at many nights, the Blazers' second, third, and fourth best guard on the court. Um, his floor game has been really good, but his shooting has been really bad. Uh, and despite all that, seventh in offense. That's I. There is nothing to read there, but positive with clear room to grow. Um, I think you got to feel good about where they are on the offensive end. On the defensive end. They're seventeenth according to Clean the Glass. And I read that as great, quite frankly. I think if the Blazers are right there, a slightly below average defense and their offense takes a step forward, they're going to be one of the good teams. Um if they climb on defense, which I think they can, they've had some moments when they've looked good and more moments when they've looked bad on defense, and they still um in the competitive run, according to cleaning glass, they're seventeenth of the league, a slight you know, fifteenth would be the league average, so slightly below league average on defense, like I feel good about that, quite frankly. Um, the numbers, maybe, you know, you've seen moments where the Blazers look hapless on defense, um, where they just, their rotations are slow, or they're off the mark, or, they're, or there's two guys scrambling there, or no one's scrambling there, or they're just letting someone just matador right past them to the rim, and then you got to help, and when you help, you're just leaving wide-open shooters, or they or they're helping early and leaving a guy wide open like you've seen it if you watch close like there are moments when they're just leaving guys unguarded at the at the peri- unguarded on the perimeter or they're just letting people get to the cup too easy but i think 17th all things considered is is a good spot to be because you know there's some stuff you can clean up i think it's not like they're playing to their defensive potential um but I don't, I don't have faith in this team being like a top 10 defense, but I think they could clearly be a little bit better. And there's been times when they've been really bad. You know, they were um, prior to this uh, game against the Lakers. They were somewhere in the, in the low twenties. I believe they were 22nd. So like still small sample size, an absolute beatdown, giving up 36 points in the first half to a, um, to just a horrific Lakers team. That was just horrific. Um, you know, really boosted their defensive rating. So Again, we're still in the sort of, you know, 20 games so is maybe a more uh, more representative sample size. But I think both places where they are, room for improvement in both places, you can't complain. Um, I think if they stay at 17th all year, which is very reasonable, I would say I wouldn't I, I wouldn't. Uh, say mission accomplished but yeah this is this this is that's not that's not like that's not terrible news uh that puts them at 10th in in net rating um they, they finished with the 10th best record in the NBA last year this is kind of this is who they were a season ago and they're trending back towards being kind of that level of team again you want to see them take a step forward and i think their offense can take a step forward their their defense has already improved a great deal compared to last year last year they were also 29th in, according to clean the glass numbers so they've made a significant stride on the defensive end so far Uh, better defensive personnel and more commitment to that end from the players Uh, and and a new scheme from Chauncey Billups has has kind of pushed them up Um, if the offense climbs back up into the top five this team has a chance to um, to to improve on last year's finish when they were six the sixth best team in the west we'll see if they get there what's the best lineup so far through 10 games well it's Damon Lord plus the bench that's Dame Uh, every Simons nazir little Larry Nance and cody zeller that's um that's about as that's about as good as it gets um according to uh Cleaning the glasses numbers that group has played uh a a measly forty eight possessions together but they are they have a um a plus twenty-seven net rating. So that's that's they're outscoring opponents in their brief time together by twenty-seven points per hundred possessions. That's basically the end of the first quarter, um, or like middle of the first quarter lineup. That's after that that first sub, and they bring everyone in. They leave Dame out with with the bench. Like that that team is that group, be it a very small sample, absolutely blitzing teams. Uh, fan, they've been fantastic. The big thing coming in the year was. The Blazers starters were awesome, and it was like, can they get the contributions from the bench? Simons, absolutely. Nazir Little, he's been good too. Um, it's, you gotta, those have helped. Uh, Larry Nance, I don't think, has lived up to my expectations for him. I thought he would be better. Cody Zeller's just been solid as hell. Um, they have better depth, but so that helps with that bench unit. But the, the starting lineup was supposed to be this team that just you know, was supposed to be the t- this team's strength and in part because Damon Lowe just hasn't shot well. This team is um they're not as they're not as good as they were a season ago. Uh the starters, they are 11th in net rating among the eighteen lineups in the league that have played at least 150 possessions together. Um they're they're kind of below average compared to all the other high usage teams uh, or high usage lineups. This is uh something that sort of I've learned from Nate Duncan, uh the Dunked on podcast is like all of the high usage lineups in the league are going to be pretty good because if they were not good, they wouldn't be a high usage lineup. Like you'd try and you'd try something else. So like typically lineups that play a lot are typically good. So I think it's best to, to sort of not compare them to league average, but to compare them to one another. So among the high usage lineups in the league, the Blazers are 11th in net rating. That was that's fifth in offense and 17th in defense, uh, 17th out of 18. So of the high usage lineups in the league, the Blazers starting lineup. Is bad. Um, one of the bad defensive groups. Um, you know, and I think that tracks. I don't think Dame has looked good at all on defense this year. He's had his moments, particularly early in the season, but I thought the last road trip, um, and 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 even uh, some some min- some minutes against the Pacers and the Lakers, you could you could see him just um, you know not keeping his guy in front of him the way like Avery Bradley got a downhill early in the game against the Lakers. And was like, oh no. And and TJ McConnell had 19. <laughs> it was like really freaking good um, in that Pacers game on Friday night. Uh, he can be better. I, I, I think he's right now the weak link in that defensive group, but also like just collectively, um, you know, early in the year, I thought, uh, Robert Covington was not in fitting the scheme particularly well. Um, that's my concern with that group. Can they... Th- last year, they were, like, among the high-usage lineups above average. They were pretty good. And so, let's... You know, the test is for them to be a still elite. Among among the among the groupings that play a bunch together, an elite offense. You want them to be one or two. Like, that's... Norm, CJ, and Dame is just... is really a lot of firepower, and Robert Covington's hitting threes again. Um, that's, like... They can score, so you want to see that. Like uh, Nurk was really good against the Lakers. Uh, you know, hit all six of his shots. Had fifty, had seventeen and fifteen. Like he's he can he, he he's capable if he takes his time. They just gotta. The Lakers were also just really bad on defense, so you gotta like you know DeAndre Jordan and, and Dwight Howard had no couldn't handle Nurk, um, and so like. This team has capable being awesome on offense. I'm worried a little bit about that starting group's defense under this new kind of less conservative scheme, where you um, you can't kind of just coax enough bad jumpers and 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 you know sort of ride the numbers because you're you're giving up. You're not playing as aggressive, so there's less room for mistakes. Um, they're playing more aggressive, and that that group isn't stopping people right now. So what I'll be watching over the next ten games is how good that starting group can be on offense. That's the numbers to know. The Blazers' offensive, and defensive ratings, their best lineup, and what I think of their starting their starting group that had been a strength last year. Um, we're starting to get to that point where where the stats. And I'm someone who is at least statistically inclined. I'm not I'm not like a I'm not a crazy numbers and graphs guy, but I'm statistically inclined to think the numbers help us learn more about the game. So I'll share them with you. But we're getting to the point where they're more meaningful. So I'm I, I instead of kind of. Giving you the caveat, I, I'll we we can use them as um, you know to know what we've seen or, or and try to help us think of what we might see in the future. So we're getting there. Ten games in, huge road trip this week. Um, you know, this is these are good teams: the Clippers and, and Phoenix. Houston's not very good, but they're um, they're capable of of it. And and Denver is really good. You know, three three probably playoff level teams and a Rockets team sandwiched in there that has enough firepower to be um, at least annoying. So. Uh, he, the Blazers need to figure out if they can win on the road. I asked Johnsy Buls after the game if, um, you know what they need to do, and he says we're still kind of trying to figure out who we are on the road. And Damian Lord mentioned the same thing in his uh, interview with Brooke and Dam on the Blazers uh, television broadcast. They, they got to figure out if this thing travels because they're a good team at home. Can they be that when they're away from the Moda Center? We'll find out next week. Uh, so we'll have shows after that one. Um. After all those games, so they play Tuesday and Wednesday night. So look for Wednesday morning and Thursday morning your uh, your recaps from those from those two games. On Monday evening, we'll do a, we'll do a traditional mailbag Monday. So get your questions in at Mike G Rich and Locked On Blazers Pod are the two ways to contact me if you want to be involved in our mailbag show, answering listener submitted questions all episode long. Uh, Friday, show Jason Quick of the Athletic will join um, will join the program, uh, our weekly guest and a friend friend of the show. Um, happy to have, I'm excited to have Jason on uh, as a regular guest and uh, he's going to be on the road. So he'll tell us what he saw from those first two games. One pack. Those Uh, we'll talk about what's whatever's going on with Neil and maybe there will be some sort of resolution with that. Uh, So huge week in blazer land. Tell your friends about this podcast, tell them to subscribe on YouTube and tell them they can find the show wherever they already get podcasts, just search locked on blazers and we'll be right there waiting for them. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.